Hello, friends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekcastlive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, Knuckleheads, GCR here telling you to get over to DeathWishCoffee.com. Use our discount code GEEKCAST to save 15% on coffee, mugs, and DeathWish Coffee merchandise. Thank me later. GeekCast Joe here. If you enjoy our show, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us every Saturday morning on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search GeekCast Live. Hey guys, Rob Bass here. Just wanted to let you know that if you like our podcast and want to support us, be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash geekcastlive. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash geekcastlive. It's a trap! Knuckleheads, welcome what? to episode 320 of the GeekCast <laughs> Live podcast. I'm your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass. It's Nico. And Cartoon Joe. And uh, I forgot that you did that now, <laughs> since your week off there. <laughs> Nico? I just, get ex- I just get excited when it's time. I know. I, I just, I totally, I totally spaced it, to be completely honest. You kind of caught me off guard there. Well, you you need a sabbatical a holiday every once in a while to uh, you know appreciate home cooking. Uh, uh, how uh, how was your sojourn to the the corner of Vegas? It was fantabulous. Uh, I I missed you guys. Uh, you know, secretly jerkishly hoping you would struggle without me. So much to my chagrin, it was Aww. eloquent <laughs> and fantastic. So no, it was uh, it was great. It was I think a. I heard, uh, did you guys hear that? I heard that. Uh, I definitely heard that. No, it, I hope. No, it, 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 it couldn't be. Uh, Vegas was fantastic, and uh, for for the right reasons, it wasn't you know debaucherous. It was just a good time. And, uh, yeah, were you were you, were you there for the infamous uh, hypnotist? Oh, I, I was. <laughs> I was there. Uh, saw the video. Uh, it's it, you know they tried to get me to go up there, and I'm not opposed to it, but it's just. Even the guy said some people just aren't aren't wired for the takeover, and uh, I I'm just not I don't think I'm wired to yeah. be hot wired. I, I when uh when when uh, Dad and Tommy and Todd there's did theirs. Uh, Tommy was up on stage, and they uh, uh they couldn't get him under enough, so they they sent him off. He just yeah. for some reason he was just not able to do it. And I, I assume I would be that guy. So luckily we had several in reserve that were more than up to the task. So uh, I haven't laughed that hard since 2012, you know maybe. There's some. Uh, uh, n- no, I, there's uh, a couple. There's like a top three in that year. And then things darkened. 2003 was a good vintage. Oh, God. The, yeah. The early 2000s. Yeah. Hilarity. Hilarious. Yeah, we did a lot of uh, there was a lot of shenanigans and gins there. Well, I, I saw a lot more of Jew Dave in those years. So. 
you haven't lived until you've seen Jew Dave work on a on like a quippy one timer <laughs> for like two hours. Right. And then and walk into a building to deliver said quippy one-liner and, and face rape himself with a broom <laughs> right as he gets ready to to deliver it he actually foghorn leghorns a shop broom into his face so hard it cracks his oakleys in half and knocks him on his ass probably the probably the yeah, that range, that's still at the top. I mean, there's been some good ones, but he, he I can actually, think about that now and laugh. He actually posted something just recently on Facebook, and he tagged all of his cousins, and it said, would you slap your cousin for a million dollars? And I said, I said, Jew Dave, we hit you in the head with a spoon for shits and giggles. <laughs> I'd slap the shit out of you for 25, 50 bucks. God, that's funny. Oh God, I Rob, have you, Rob, have you ever heard about the game Spoons? Oh yeah, no, oh, you, you've, you've told oh. me before, and it's for those glorious. of you who don't know. It's when you have a guy sit on a chair and you tell him to close his eyes, look down, and put his hands over his ears. And what you're going to do is you're going to put a like a tablespoon in your mouth, and you're going to use just your head to to hit him on top of the head with the spoon, and uh, you have him do it to you first, and when he when he hits you with the spoon, it doesn't hurt because you can't generate too much velocity that way. But you pretend like it hurts like a motherfucker. And then you switch. And when he closes his eyes and looks down, you take the spoon under your mouth and wrap him on the beater with the, with the convex end of that fucking spoon. And it, it's beautiful. Just smoke you know, he's right probably listening crowd. to this and like, those sons of a, those sons of bitches. No, we, we actually, we ended up having to tell him because... He was going to be an incoming freshman at U of I, oh, and God. his whole thing was that was that he was going to he was going to find the biggest baddest motherfucker he could at the first prep party he went to, and play spoons with them. And yeah, we couldn't we couldn't allow. I mean, it's like like it's one of those things. Like I we can abuse him, right. but we can't let strangers abuse him. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. That's my Jew, Dave. Okay, so yeah, it was funny. Go find go find your own stoolie to pick on, <laughs> frat guy. <laughs> Oh shit! God, that's a 2003 good vintage. Oh wow! Funny you should bring up Vegas because that directly and indirectly segued into my do review for this week. So, do do tell. um, In the spirit, have you have you guys been keeping up with segues since I've been away? Uh, we're well. They've been keeping up with us, really. Segues? You mean like well, like half scooters? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's mm-hmm. the ones. Okay. The two the wheel rascals. The Cayman, like uh, the islands. Dean, oh. Dean, Dean Cayman, close. Or like the like like the, the emphasis gators. and the way that you pronounce that even confused me. <laughs> and I know who Dean Cayman is. I thought I still well, think you're making. He was, I think I think he made a pretty cool Superman. He was, 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 he was my he was my favorite Superman. Well, he's he's a robot who wears only clothes made out of jeans and invents things for. The government. Fact. That's <laughs> it's probably a perfect description of Dean Kamen. It's also the punchline. I'm not sure what happened there. It's also the punchline to my all-time favorite. Uh, uh, who's our favorite whiny Jewish comedian? What's his name? Uh, uh, Come on with the, the the new in town. What's his name? Oh, John John he's Mulaney. Catholic. John Mulaney. He's Catholic. Catholic not is, Jewish. Is not Jewish. That's out. my fault. I threw you Jewish you're, thinking of, you're thinking of uh, Aziz. <laughs> Wife of now, Aziz. I think. <laughs> Probably you are correct. 
<laughs> where where he has uh he's he was wanting to that episode of Law and Order where they bring in the lineup. <laughs> And one of the persons who did it in the show was played by Dean Kane, and he so wanted the lady who had gotten raped in the show to say, "Like, I'm, I'm sorry, is that Dean Kane?" <laughs> which is so, which is so damn funny, to the point where if I was in a lineup, I would almost just have to say, or if I was looking at one, I'd almost have to do it just to see if anybody got the joke. But, they wouldn't, but I kudos for yeah, wanting to put yourself out there. So, anyway, sorry to hijack. Your segue, but no, it was which is really a class C felony. Segue. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading my texts. <laughs> God damn you, Joe. <laughs> With a K. Sorry, I just got it too. <laughs> He's a robot that only wears jeans. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, oh, that's outstanding. <laughs> Uh, you didn't say Dean Kane at all. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No. <laughs> well done, Rob. Thank you. Uh, anyway. I was I was incredibly confused also. I just wanted to share with you boys uh, listening to last week's show. Uh, apparently, Game of Thrones TV show has just gone off the rails into somewhere dark. Very dark. I didn't understand half of what the hell you all were talking about. You understood when I said ticket oak. Oh, I, I, well, I wish I didn't understand so good because I, r- I almost ruined a pair of nice jeans. <laughs> I was drinking a Coca Cola and then ticket oak, and then I expelled all the Coca Cola all over my denim. <laughs> but I mean, the whole like I've listened to it twice, and and I still don't understand the whole Hodor thing. Uh, I could sum it up. I could try to sum it up in one sentence to maybe make it clearer for you. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't. I don't get where how they got there. I mean, that's so far, oh, like yeah, off the book line, and just it, I mean, it was very well that, done. I mean, like I, I it was a great segment. I, I almost wish I was watching the show or had watched the sh- that one show. That, that being said, so could, for the for the most part, this is uh, it, it was taken pretty closely from something that George R. R. Martin has already written. Uh, the, the hold the door thing, at least, is, is absolutely going to be canon. Uh, the rest of it, however, mm. is uh, up to right. what, what door exactly he's holding is still questionable. Right. Correct. It, and whether or not involves any sort of and, and whether right, or not Brand Scott Bakula thing was kind of yeah. Brand Brand Bakula was a thing. Right. That was tough to understand, but I guess it, it'll all play out. Speaking of Scott Bakula, yeah, I was gonna say, did you, uh, did you guys get to watch my do review for this? Yes, uh, both Goodness part one yes. and part two. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking, keeping with the humor, need to shake it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it, I thought it went nicely. I thought a, a sexual theme went nicely with the second half of our show, <laughs> and it's you know lack thereof um, would play would play well. And I needed a good laugh, and I saw this, and it. It made me laugh in a good way because it's so, you know, it's true and it's and it's nonsensicalness. So you want you want to start with the uh, uh, Batman can't stop thinking about sex bit. Um, no, actually, I would I would rather start with the onion bit because okay. I don't okay. think we give the onion enough run on this show for as much as we all like the onion 
And, uh, you know, I think our listeners probably appreciate that humor. I didn't know that they did like, you know, video production or original oh, yes. video. Yes. And, and, and the ones you shared are good, but there's a, a spoof they do of like good morning America. That is, that's a whole new realm for me. That's like, you know, I don't, I just think that's cool. That's like a counterbalance to the cracked we've been on. The best part about it is, is that, you know, on shows like that, or they even do like a, like a Fox news type thing. There's a bottom ticker on the screen that just scrolls by headlines. And they are, they're just as funny as they're just as funny as the rest of the fucking show. Yeah. Their, their writers are amazing. Uh, so the, the little bit I sent you, they actually had it on like loop as as you're getting seated to the said hypnotist show that we were speaking of earlier. <laughs> <laughs> they had this up on the Jumbotron just to kind of get people in the giggly mood. And uh, God, I it just, you know, I was already two sheets, but it just it tickled me because <laughs> it's so I mean, it's like it's very you know, over the top, but you know, the themes are still kind of true. That just tells me, uh, there was a little date I didn't uh, put together called, uh, who's fucking in the sense of, uh, it's like a, you know, dating site kind of success story video, you know, the happy couple and you know, how they've, how their paths have crossed and everything's going really great, you know, and they saw each other from across the room and, you know, he had the courage to talk to her and, you know, now they're fucking. And Rogers, Rogers been deep dicking me since 1954. God, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> I think Je- Greg you- and Deborah is my favorite one. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you remember what you said to me? <laughs> Put it in me, daddy. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, presented I spent, passionlessly I, right just deadpan you know i i spent so much time you know looking for a woman i could plow so hard she'd walk funny for two days straight <laughs> as she looks longingly at him and pats his hand mm-hmm. i about spit my my parents were thrilled when i finally started fucking josh he'd been eating my pussy for so long i began to wonder if he would ever bring out his dick and stuff in my hole <laughs> stuff my hole <laughs> <laughs> by the most vanilla white people ever. I, I love, I love the gay couple. I oh, had, yeah. That oh, they're, they're fantastic. I had seen the other two before. I had never seen, uh, I had never seen it with like Zach and Brian or whatever. Right. I actually didn't even know that one existed. That, that only saw when I sent you the link for, you know, whatever Greg and Deborah, that was the one I was basing it off of. And like, you get the bonus gay fun. I, uh, I know Paris is cliche, but all that matters is that Zach is fucking me raw dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, and it's delivered. It's like, like the commercial should end with like match.com. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's got like that little soft, you know, elevator music in the background. It's very pasty white. Who can't identify with, you know, Greg, you know? I, I just knew this was a woman I wanted to empty my balls in for the rest of my life. <laughs> it is really good. It's hard. It's but it's truly. short and sweet, you know, like we've we've tried to keep our, our due reviews, you know, something you can laugh Adjust. at or enjoy on the fly. So I thought that kind of fit the bill. Uh by the way, um 
uh, if you get a chance to go to the onions, onion, I think it's onionstudios.com. Check out okay. their, that spoof. I was telling about like a good morning America spoof. It's called today. Now <laughs> uh, with host Jim Haggerty and Tracy Gill. Nice. Uh, 79 episodes. Um, like how to spice up the romantic wedding moments. Every bride shares with her father. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh, how to find a masculine Halloween son for your? How to find a masculine Halloween costume for your effeminate son? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Jim and Tracy put on fat suits to see what life is really like for awful fat people. <laughs> oh my god! It's, that's it's brutal. Wow! It's I definitely will. I have a feeling we're going to fish from that barrel a few more times down the road here because they. Their their content is pretty spot on. Our reality show settings unrealistic. Our reality shows setting unrealistic standards for skanks, <laughs> <laughs> and more on today now with Jim Haggerty and Tracy Gill. Beautiful. And since we were on that sex theme, you know, because once you go down that rabbit hole, you kind of want to stay there and roll around a little bit. Came across a little ditty uh, about one of our favorite superheroes. Uh, Batman and his can't stop thinking about sex, which I will let you describe, Ryan, because I think you lay the foundation of a story a little better than I do. Well, it's the same. Uh, it's the same actor who does the uh, the yeah, Batman it's from from the Pete Holmes show. Right, it's Pete Holmes, and yeah. uh, and he plays such a great. He should have been in our He's list. Probably of my favorite Batman. Batman's. He really. Should, That's yeah. true. Um, side sidebar though is there for being a really great movie and a great character is there anything that's like a more fun guy to rip on than Christian Bale's Batman no <laughs> no I don't think no. so it's, it's probably the pinnacle I mean as far as a before guy before him it was not, maybe not, Neo but yeah mm-hmm. yeah like you're not really mocking him but it just lends itself to mockery in sort of a fun way mm-hmm I don't know. I think I think Will Arnett's Lego Batman might give him a run for, you know, mockery Batman as far as Christian. Anyway, Christian Bale Batman mockery, I think, is something that is a almost underutilized uh, media. So go go on. Well, he's it's it's he's they're spoofing the scene from uh, was it Dark Knight Rises? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where uh, Talia Al Ghul is going and stabs him and Bane's there. It just and it turns out that like earlier in the day, uh, Talia and Bruce had sex three times. <laughs> that's the, the, yeah, the big the big reveal. That- and that guy that's always on the Pete Holmes show, uh, the, the bigger guy who plays Bane, he's perfect. Even just as, as <laughs> have you guys watched any of those other videos? I've uh, what, are there uh, more? Oh, oh God, yeah, there are so many of those. Are you uh, talking about Batman, where Batman finds his voice, which is fucking incredible. Oh, that one's great. Uh, there's one that has um, uh, uh, um, Superman comes to ask for help. Well, that one, that one's genius. Have you seen that one, Nick? Which one is it? Superman. Superman actually comes to talk to Batman and like join it up and be like. Uh, there's a there's one where Pat and Oswald being team like teammates. The, no, uh, the penguin. It's the penguin. Yes, and that's that's oh, also no. an incredible one. That's where Batman <laughs> learns that uh, uh, people Tuck die. I'll tuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> the best is that, and the one with Superman. 
I was a boy. But now I'm a bat. They're talking about how he's like he's like dumb, but he's like the, he's like a great detective and everything. And Batman looks at Commissioner Gordon, and he's got his glasses on. And he's like, he's just like, hey, yeah, ain't that right, Commissioner? And then he looks away, and the Commissioner Gordon takes his glasses off to like clean them. And when he looks over, he, Batman says, "Who are you? Who are you? What'd you do with the Commissioner?" Scary face. <laughs> Scary face. God, it's it's just it, it's accident. Accident. Scary. I didn't face. even know it was a, a trove of goodness. Oh, I just thought yeah, I'd stumble no, on it, a one-off. It is an immaculate series. Well, every once in an hour, every once in a while, I spend an entire hour watching all of them. Here's the other thing, too, Nick, is that he does another whole run of stuff where he, uh, um. He's like a guy in HR and the cast of Street Fighter come in and he has to like he tells him like why they aren't going to. No way. Like, actually, we're not uh, we're not spending any money, Zangief, to send you to the fight. And he they have like a whole back and forth. It's it's awesome. He does another one where he plays Professor X. Yes. Oh, my God. Those are great. That one's brilliant, too. And he and he's firing the mutants. The one with him and Wolverine is is awesome. Your, your skeleton is literally made of the thing that our arch rival can manipulate. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, uh, check out all the Pete Holmes stuff because it's really, really good. I think it's really, really good anyway. Yep. And uh, so that was uh, I, I thought they were good to reviews, buddy. Even though really you, you stretch the rules a little bit. Like how? Well, because you had like a like a just kind of like a two parter, but but it's you know it's okay. Yeah, but they were good. Cumulative, cumulative runtime is not not extreme, so so it wasn't bad. Uh, so we do have a guest tonight, uh, and uh, and he is almost ready. He is grabbing his headphones, burb, which I think means be right back, and I believe so. Oh, hello, Nathan. Hey. Sir. hey. <laughs> Uh, all right how are you sir i'm good how are you guys good 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 uh we have we have kind of prefaced a little bit uh as to who you are and what we're going to talk about tonight but i didn't want to steal any thunder oh well the thunder is still kept in a jar sealed away not stolen by anybody perfect ryan just steals lightning yes i'm more of a lightning thief what a greedy person kind of like percy jackson yeah I I saw you going there and nice. I appreciated it. I, I teed it up for you. Anything to be in a movie with Alexandria Daddario, they say. Mm. Nice, nice cover. <laughs> so, That's what I say. So uh, I am Ryan. Hi, Ryan. And uh, I'm the guy you've been fervently emailing back and forth because I I, uh, I just figured out how to email, apparently. Right. So you're Ryan and based on your other handles, one of you is Joe. That's me. And then there's the bass man. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then N chords 44. Who that? That's just, I'm just Nick. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, you're just Nick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah no problem. Not, not yeah, a lot there. So good. <laughs> okay. And you are? I'm Nate. Nate. Yeah. Awesome. So you, uh, you I guess, uh, wrote, produced, and directed a documentary that is on Netflix. Uh, that is true. Uh, yeah, it's called Enter the Battlefield. 
Life on the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour. And I can tell you, I haven't tweeted this out yet because it was only official a couple hours ago, but it is now on Amazon uh, for download for free. Nice. Uh, so if you want to download We're breaking news on this program? That's right. That's fantastic. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And then uh, the goal, I think it'll be on Google Play and iTunes very soon, uh, hopefully by the end of this week. Um, And I have another quick thing, if you guys don't mind, if I say. Please. Um, Yeah. So the next big thing. Yeah. Like, well, this is more of a plea. It's a plea uh, (laughs) to y'all and and to anybody listening uh, that if you want to see Enter the Battlefield subtitled in your native language, uh, please bombard Wizards social media accounts. Um, I'm trying the best I can. Definitely need some fans who want their to see the movie subtitled in their native language. We're working on Chinese right now, but I know that we could get it in so many more. So anybody, you know, up in Latin America or I don't know, uh, in Europe, uh, please do that. Uh, and I will, you know, I'll link to this podcast and, and, uh, we, we need, we need the people to speak out for what they want at this point. Cause it's in the community's hand more so than mine at this point. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get absolutely it out there. help with that. All right. Thanks for letting me plug. No <laughs> um, That's what but, we're here for. yeah. What are you guys talking about tonight? Like what's going on in your magic world? Well, I watched, well, we, ha- we have. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just. I, I watched. I watched the documentary, and one of my bigger regrets in my gaming life is that I didn't get more into it. Um, mm. I was imp- I was impressed with their depth of knowledge of the game because there's other games that I am like that with with. And but for some reason, when I first bought Magic, uh, I sat down to play it. And couldn't figure it the fuck out, so I just put it back in a box and never opened it again. Sure. And now, are you back? I mean, I've, I've, I was just talking with uh, with with Rob Base uh, tonight about the fact that I think I wanna maybe try to learn how to yeah. play it. Welcome, welcome to our giant nerdy club of awesome people who just want to talk about octopuses, fighting birds, and other <laughs> weird flavor interactions. Uh, it's a sweet game, so yeah, keep working on, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an absolute blast. I couldn't. We have we it have one, I guess, pseudo magic expert amongst our group, which is what got all this going. I know Rob has a, a sordid and dark history with the game. That maybe I mean, he wants to tell you more I about. I wouldn't call it that dark. <laughs> I, well, well, look, it's a little bit dark. History is a little sordid for any Magic player. We've all had moments that we're not proud of. Uh, We've all seen things you can't unsee. Yeah, well, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll give it that. That's but that's something. That's just people that you meet at events. That's something <laughs> entirely different. Totally. Like I, you know, like I played in a GP, and there was one guy who I played against who was so annoying and just I like I can't even put it into words every single second I played against him was utter agony and then I went home and looked in the mirror and I said why do I play this game but then uh, but then you but then you have like a million other awesome experiences but my point is is that 
sordid, dark histories are nothing to be ashamed of here in Magic the Gathering. We accept all all comers. Well, <laughs> let me lob the the two easy softballs for you to start. Sure. You know, the first being when and how did you first get into Magic, and then what was the the evolution that got you saying I really want to. I want to make a documentary about it. Yeah. So let me do, I'm going to try to synopsize my magical life and nice as little time as possible. Oh I mean, yeah. Fantastic. I kind of just assumed it was a word. I went in there a little <laughs> blind. I wasn't sure. Maybe it's Knew not. Exactly Maybe you're just you flattering mean. me. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, I was 12 years old. And third edition, also known as revised, was released. Uh, Magic was a brand new game and uh, the Internet didn't really know about it uh, slash exist, really. Um, And so, yeah, I was a kid and just kind of played on living room carpets and kitchen tables and uh, school hallways and uh, at comic book stores and whatnot. Played it for a couple years then put it away, just like you had mentioned before into a box, shoved it into a corner and said, I'm never playing again. And then fast forward to me as a fully grown adult uh, and a little bit underemployed. I was was an actor who struggled to make ends meet for many years. Um, I loved acting. It's just like not, you know, the best living, despite what you would hear from celebrities. Uh, and uh, anyway, I had a lot of time on my hands and I discovered the, a shoebox full of old cards and discovered my roommate used to play. And then off I went and became completely obsessed with the game, uh, consumed a ton of Internet content on it, and then just kind of decided I wanted to make content. Uh, on magic and teamed up with a friend of mine. His name is Sean. And uh, we made a web series for wizards of the coast. It's called walking the plains. And we're going to be shooting our 40th episode this summer of that web series. And uh, a couple years ago, wizards asked us if we wanted to do a bigger project. And this was the project that we kind of pushed for. Uh, so that's enter the battlefield documentary. Whew. All right. I don't know if that was well synopsized, but it was no, kind of the broad it. strokes anyway. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 you know, I know it was a softball, but even softballs are difficult for me. <laughs> so, I put a little uh, English on it. Uh, <laughs> so I guess uh, my question would be uh, what a, a favorite set and uh, what colors do you naturally drift towards? And do oh, you yeah. play aggro or control? Cause that's, that's also important. Uh, very good questions. Um, my favorite color is black. I like playing aggro and combo decks more than I like playing control decks. Okay. Um, however, my favorite color combos are probably like blue, black, and red, AKA Grixis. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I love that. And that's often associated with control, but I like doing weirder combo things with Grixis. Uh, and I also just love the flavor of like evil wizards that in- raise dead things uh, from the graveyard. And uh, so I actually cosplay as a wizard in this web series, Walking the Plains. Uh, and he's kind of like a stumbling loser of a necromancer. Uh, and uh, yeah, 
that's part of my job, which is a really weird part of somebody's job. <laughs> it's not often I'm out. I'm out nerded. But, but when someone says, what's your favorite color and do you prefer prefer aggro or control? And then that person actually knows what he's saying and responds with what I can only assume was an intelligent answer. Cause Grixis yeah. is also my favorite tertiary. So, no, I'm, so. I'm, you know, you know, I don't know if what we're, I mean, I drift towards blue and control though. So I, I, you know, I can respect that. Well, blue and control, but you're a, I mean, you're, you're a dominant in the bedroom. So well, yeah, I don't exactly. Where you, yeah. <laughs> you weren't, ex- you weren't expecting anything less. Let's mm-hmm. be honest here. Blue <laughs> is what all the magic players love to play because it's the, it's the color for people who think that they're smart, which is every, every smart, single smart magic players player. play blue. That's right. And I'm one of them, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, Smart players play blue, but also people who think they're smart play blue. That's what it's, that's what it's about. So I don't know which one I am. Uh, you know, I I don't know. My wife, you know, she puts up with me, but I don't, she probably doesn't think I'm that smart. Um, so, yeah, so have you ever played in any of the qualifiers? Have you? I've uh, I've played in a few Grand Prix. Um, I'm not really into the qualifiers because a I do pro tour coverage. So even if I want a qualifier, I wouldn't like. I I almost would rather do coverage than play in the pro tour. Although that's probably a lie. I think I would love to play in a pro tour. I've done enough in coverage. So thank you for motivating me. I'll go play in a qualifier. Is there actually you know, is there like color commentary and play by play guys for? Televised. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a live stream on twitch.tv slash magic. Um, and we do four pro tours a year plus a world championship plus a world magic cup, uh, which is like 72 different countries. Not, not unlike the Triwizard Tournament, I assume. Close. No, not unlike the what tournament? The Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Slightly you'll bigger. Refresh me on that. It's, yeah. Well, it's from Harry Potter. I didn't. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> you mean you mean a guy can make a reference to blue aggro decks and you get it, but I say Triwizard <laughs> Tournament from the book that Oates sold the Bible, and you're like, I don't know, man. Hey, I uh, I didn't read all of the books. <laughs> I read the first few anyway. Uh, yeah. And I saw the final movie. I saw the movie for part seven, part seven, part four, or whatever. <laughs> there's a there's a sec, there's a segue. There's a multi- for you. Yeah, there you go. Did, How many sequels have a sequel like that's a sub sequel within the same sequel? Too many. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. There it is. I'm a little ignorant. I know about Quidditch. Uh, well, that's. I mean, that's one of the more important parts. Let's be honest here. Okay, thank you. I, I want to feel somewhat normal. I know I'm a magic geek and I dress like a wizard. I don't know if that's possible, but so why? Awesome. Anyway, why uh, were the subjects of your documentary the subjects of your documentary? I mean, why why those players? Uh, good question. Um, so we wanted a bunch of people who would be qualified for the world championship because we chose a narrative structure whereby you meet like a cast of characters um, and you get a little bit of each of their story individually. And then they meet at the end at a single climactic event 
and then experience success or failure and that there's some sort of dramatic closure there. Um, so we wanted people who were at worlds and since worlds is only 24 players, um, that automatically, you know, limits you to that, uh, you know, just those subjects. Uh, and, uh, so we picked five of them. Uh, and then the other two characters in the film are not qualified for worlds. They were just good human interest, interest stories that, we felt would enhance the film uh, and be really worthwhile uh, to give just like a, a juicier human interest story. That's a little bit more than just this player's great. Are they going to win worlds? Let's find out. And the answer is no, except for I, this. I'm guy. guessing yeah. Chris was one of them. Who was the other interesting? Human um, interest Melissa, piece? Melissa. Yeah. The, the homicidal man Bialik. Is that or <laughs> from Blossom? Homicidal. I oh okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, I didn't scary. know she, she actually does have a death stare at the table. Uh, I thought she was delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's uh yeah, she's she's known for her very stern face. Uh so if you were afraid that she was going to kill you, she would probably do it with magic cards. Um <laughs> what yeah. was interesting to me is that uh, simultaneously Patrick Chapin. Yeah. Was the antagonist and protagonist of your film. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick is a lively personality. Uh, and uh, I could see how he could have come across as like a villain or a hero. He's very moment. he's very Derek Zoolander-esque. Ooh. Found. Well, that's a, I have not heard that comparison. He, I, he would love to hear that. Yeah, I about, I about I pissed my pants when he said, I, I love thinking about things I've never thought about. <laughs> I I love the fact that that dude he just uh like wakes up in the morning and uh microwaves himself fried chicken some banquet yeah. chicken banquet chicken yeah that he eats uh, almost 3 times a day Oh yeah it's crazy uh Patrick has a hyperactive thyroid and he has to consume an insane amount of calories like an insane amount of he's sticks skinny i don't know if you can you know if you remember what he looks like but he is like a twig and i watched him that day not only wake up in the morning and eat a bunch of fried chicken but he also probably chugged like eight mountain dews over the course of the day that we shot with him um on that day in denver um so he eats a lot he told me that when he was a a young child he had to eat like eight thousand calories a day and the doctors were like really worried about him. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a crazy medical condition, but it's also just very Patrick to like, just eat a bunch of fried chicken and drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> now yeah. he, he seemed to be the most successful guy on the show. And at one point I saw him pull in 40 Gur for winning a tournament. What, oh, yeah. what abouts would you think he takes in a year playing magic? Um, just so when you get done telling me sure. the figure, I know how many rounds to load into my nine millimeter right. <laughs> because, right. cause I'm going to swallow all of them. Um, well, you know, it's not, um, the prize money is like not a lot. If you win a pro tour, yeah, you win 40,000. Um, or if you win worlds, it's 50,000. I think they're upping it to 70,000 for the person who wins worlds this year. Um, so it's very top heavy, but for the average pro player, I mean, that was a very above average year for Patrick. I would say on his average year, you know, the prize money is not enough to live on 
by a long shot, not even close. But what they do get is that if you put up good results at tournaments and you're a good writer and you're a passionate content creator, then you can get a gig writing articles, streaming on Twitch, uh, making magic videos. And Patrick has been writing magic articles for years and years and years. He's one of the more popular writers um, slash community contributors. And he's actually published two different novels uh, on magic strategy. Uh, and, uh, so I think he makes a good living, uh, doing that kind of stuff. He also has a job, um, at a company called Direwolf. That's a game design, uh, company and, and they design digital games. Okay. One thing that I honestly, uh, I, I thought was really cool, uh, just cause I didn't really expect this whenever I went in to watch this, uh, documentary, uh, Reed Duke. Uh, I, uh, I played him, uh, I'm pretty sure it was in Indianapolis 2014. I was running Jund walkers and I'm pretty sure he was running Jund mid range. I was just, I, I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really just a, a fantastic situation. Yeah. That was really cool. Do you like, uh, so do you remember, did you win the match against Reed? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I won one of the, uh, one of the three, but I think he got the set. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and it makes sense. He that was, was a that was a rough matchup for me. <laughs> yeah, he, he just out aggroed the shit out of me, so I couldn't I couldn't do a whole lot about that. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. I actually beat him in a match, or maybe it was a game. I was drinking a lot. Uh, we were drinking. <laughs> well, Reed was having like his first or second beer, and I was on number six or seven. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I remember winning at least one game. Super nice guy, incredible player, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, he was really hooked on Jund for a long time and, and kind of mastered that deck. Jund is black, red, and green. Yes, uh, yeah. So it's like a little more home jungle, wild beasts kind of a thing going on there. Yeah, lots of lots of fun and crazy stuff. That was a fantastic yeah. set, actually. I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You guys asked me my favorite set before. Um, I would have to. Uh, I would say probably the original Innistrad is one of the most popular answers that you get. But I will, I will join that crowd and say that Innistrad was my favorite set. Have you, have you played that one? Yeah. Yeah. Innistrad had some interesting mechanics in it. Uh, I I I really liked it. I uh, I still hold to probably. The original Ravnica is being my favorite set at the very oh, least wow. for flavor, flavor wise. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's, that's a great set. That was yeah. a, a design success that they kind of really duplicated a lot through the years uh, in terms of identifying the like color identity of those two color combos. The rest of you are like, what are they talking about? You're just making <laughs> shit up and talking great. I know, yeah. That's what I, I'm actually hoping you guys are making it all up. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm following it, but I can't join in because I don't have any experience. I've only ever played like okay. with my friends, but let's never. So let's, think, uh, let's start. Let's start it off here. Like, all right. So you know, there's five colors, right? Sure. Okay. So white, blue, black, red, and green. White is like knights and soldiers, and like lions on the savanna. Priests, clerics, angels. Priests, clerics. Yeah, just kind of your general good guy stuff. Uh, then blue is like, um, smarty pants, uh, wizards, uh, in their towers. 
uh, doing mind magic-y things. Lots and of then, flyers and uh, like uh, sea beasties and shit like that. Right, right. And uh, black is like death, uh, um, you know, returning from the dead, uh, hurting yourself to hurt the other guy more. Uh, vampires. Yeah, vampires, yeah. zombies, you know, uh, that kind of a thing. Red is like anger, chaos, passion, emotion, spontaneity, uh, and aggression. Forks and goblins. Yeah, goblins, yeah. Uh, fire, lightning stuff, dragons. Right. And then green is like nature, uh, elves, uh, beasts of the forest, beasts Titanic of the jungle. monster beast. Yeah, just big muscle stuff, uh, but also kind of like hippy-dippy, peacenik, uh, life-oriented stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so where where are you on that spectrum? Like, what were you guys start with? Um, I'm usually uh, either uh, a red or a white. I can see that you you would play Blue. Boros really well, actually, Joe. That wouldn't even come. That's the the red white combination. Blue, blue. Yeah, I, I can see that. You had me at mind magic. It's, <laughs> it's a magic lot of fun. Uh, real, blue is yeah, a lot exactly. of control. Uh, generally, it's a lot of control. It's a lot of uh, drawing, uh, some hand manipulation, um, saying no a lot. You get to say no a lot, and it's really really gratifying. Um, oh, so dick though. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> it's like um, I'm going to create a giant tornado where <laughs> lightning flies at you, and there's also a goblin biting your ankle, and the uh, blue mage is like counterspell. Oh. <laughs> just no, it's, it's a not, spell. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> happen. You tried to cast a spell, but I just telepathically stopped it. Yeah, <laughs> blue. Yeah, blue is yeah. fantastic. Nick. Oh, what now? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I figured. It's catatonic. So football season is starting up in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. Uh, He's like he's like got it on a blog somewhere. Like looking, I don't know. What do you? Maybe he's looking at uh, uh, some adult imagery. Uh, Um, it's it's actually Japanime porn. Oh, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. There's a lot but of it's, that. It's, it's not as good on mute. So I'm back to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I pick purple. Purple. <laughs> yep. It's, it's a, a sixth color. Blue red deck. Yep. That's there mine. <laughs> Isn't there? There's there's like a happy hippo, the Feldegriff. Yes. It's, that's like purple, but it's like all five colors at the same time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something I'll take a couple of those. Yeah. Happy hippo. <laughs> My favorite type of weed, actually. <laughs> My favorite strain. It's a uh, from the uh, sub sub majorum. What the shit is the name of, of that the... hippo? That's right. Um, One of my friends used to use that in Commander. <laughs> Where did Will Wheaton get involved? Um, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Lord, Lord of the Lord of the Collective yeah. Flies. Lord William of the Flies, Huiton, Star Trekius, uh, Stand by Melius. Um, that's his full name. Uh, Fantastic. When I see yeah. him at Gen Con this year, I'm calling him that and I'm telling him that. That, that said I said that? that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I said that. Uh, Will, Will is a, a fan of Magic. He is a player. He plays a lot of games, and Magic is one of them. And he, he actually wrote a really lovely. Uh, 
entry on his blog about bonding with his son uh, by playing magic. Uh, and uh, so I thought that was touching. And I also knew that Will is very experienced as a voiceover actor. Um, and uh, my co-director, uh, Sean, said, well, we should just try to get somebody famous uh instead of me doing the voiceover <laughs> well and so, burl and burl eyes wasn't available right exactly i mean we were very close to getting morgan freeman except <laughs> we didn't know his phone number at all or that makes sense. <laughs> so we never got to ask him uh yeah so we had a mutual acquaintance of will um you know we got. I got his manager's uh, a contact info and got in touch with his manager, and he was game to do it. Uh, so Sean and I flew to L.A. to hop in a sound studio with Will, and uh, I was kind of like freaking out a little bit as I'm like pushing the button on the microphone, like telling Will Wheaton, uh, "Will, Does someone do Does that? Someone's it's cat a- have to go out." Oh, this is my cat. I <laughs> Sometimes people he's picked up on Skype and and sometimes he's not. Clearly, Fry, you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a, a deuce on deck that probably he's got a lot to say. Right. Okay, I've got to create some sort of like magical snuggle cave for him right now. He's fine. Uh, I just did. Oh yeah, trying to pinpoint the sound. He's all, I know. He's welcome to join well, the show. The thing is, is like I work from home and he meows at me like this all day. <laughs> he's like an annoying roommate that I'm kind of allergic to, but I also love him. You know, that's like why you let the annoying roommate live there. Um, you know, yeah. he's trying to kill you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that he secretly plots things. I mean, he's left messages. My- <laughs> like with, with the refrigerator like- magnets <laughs> <laughs> out of milk. <laughs> Look behind you. <laughs> Usually, Fry, they do that, you know, to preserve their anonymity, the whole magazine letters thing. But, you know, you're tipping your hand a little bit. Yeah, you'll be be taking a piss and he'll slit your Achilles tendon. Oh, yeah. He's got sharp ass claws that I never trim. That's (laughs) that's honest to God, a fear of mine. Yeah, that's just on you there. That's contributing. (laughs) No, no, it is. If I'm killed by my own cat, it will be justice. I won't come (laughs) Uh, my family will cry, but they will understand. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Will Wheaton, I forgot what I was going to say, but he's, uh, you know, he, he's an experienced dude and, uh, I thought he did a great job. Uh, so we were obviously really pumped to work with him. Yeah. I got starstruck just seeing him, uh, standing five feet away from it. Gen Con. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can imagine up. working with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, uh, like what? What uh, where you say like uh, I I was really into Star Trek and Stand by Me, um, and I only really you know heard about his uh, web series more recently within the last couple of years, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, he does a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Will you be Will you be at Gen Con this year? That's a good question. Man, I haven't been to Gen Con in, geez, two or three years. You should um, do it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. Mm-hmm. I used to go to a lot more events, and then I had a baby. Or rather, you know, my wife gave birth to the baby, but I generally say I had a baby, and people know what I'm talking about. I don't know why. <laughs> um, we, we were with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But uh, Magic also stopped going to Gen Con. Um, we did the World Magic Cup there a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I think that Magic just decided that giant conventions, like with a bunch of other games, uh, was just like logistically really tricky to produce their uh, live coverage at those mm. venues, which, yeah, I don't that know if I agree with it. Sense. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, sucks. It, <laughs> like it really sucks because if only because I'm a Gen Con regular and I love magic, but totally. I mean, the uh, the I mean, Gen Con was started by Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, uh, you know, which Wizards of the Coast owns now. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they the Magic World Championships used to be a Gen Con in the very beginning, like 22 years ago or whatnot. Um, so there's a really strong tradition there, uh, that they only, they clung on to Gen Con connection for, for a long, long time and only recently let go. So it's a little disappointing because Gen Con is freaking awesome. Uh, you know, and it's like, it's not just like video games and whatnot. It's like actual like game games, like in-person games and board games and uh, live action role playing, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, if you're feeling frisky, it's fun to try. We actually played some cones of Dunshire. Oh, yes. Which was fun. <laughs> as so. long as you remember the essence of the game. Mm-hmm. I believe Joe played the Millwright. It was really a good time. Uh, Sounds right. <laughs> I would have played the cones. That's what I <laughs> uh, we were just happy that uh, you could actually play cones of Dunshire, to be honest yeah. with you. Is it an actual thing now? Oh, yeah. Well, there's like a group of, of people that have like a like a giant size version of the game. And yeah. you can you can uh, get tickets to go play uh, for like a half hour's worth of cones of Dunshire. God. It's, it's about 20 minutes of rules and 10 minutes of playing Cones of Dunshire. Isn't that great? Like, look at, look at what human ingenuity is capable of. <laughs> well, just the fact that it was a made-up game for I know. a TV show. For, and like, now, for one joke. And now they're, and now they're <laughs> playing it at, at, at the world's largest yeah. gaming convention. It's great. Oh, God. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love this world. Who couldn't die happy in a world that is capable of that <laughs> level of silliness and awesomeness? <laughs> Right. So we uh, speaking of really quick, uh, it was a Feldegriff, by the way. I had to look it up. Yes. 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 Uh, And it's a hippo with wings. With with fucking wings. Yes, absolutely. And it's a green, white, and blue. Okay. There you go. Uh, Well, your friend here, uh, we can. uh, Nick's a Feldegriff. Yeah. Nick, just Google it. you know, P H E L D A G R I F F. There. Oh, I'm, sure I'm already there. All right, that's you. That's pretty. It's it's kind it's of sweet. accurate, actually. Nick, You'll Nick, love magic. I'm proud. Is, is he a is he a battle hippo? I can't read. <laughs> well, just so you know, you, you gain trample until the end of your turn. So. Oh sweet. All right, man. I mean, you know, trample's big with a hippo. Hippos. Yeah, I, I can fly. Apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only at night. Oh. It's magic. Oh, yeah. It's oh, magic. Yeah. You can do anything. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was that. Kind of, you should have said that from the beginning. It was that kind of magic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the I kind thought, of magic I thought it was like sleight of hand and some, some smoke <laughs> right. tricks. I will say what I like about what I like about this game is that uh the names of the cards are uh are just fucking awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, they, they really like I, I was talking to some of the creative uh, people in their uh, research and design. And they're like, we have a huge thesaurus that we use all the time. <laughs> I think like how many times can you say like fire? You know, like how many different ways can you say that word? And and so they they really, you know, they get really good people to uh, to make the art and uh, do the creative work on it. Well, what makes what going back to my, one of my earlier questions about color commentary and play by play, I can only imagine hearing somebody say like, uh, and he's played the pulse mage advocate, right? Or right. Right. Uh, Kamal's summons. Yeah, yeah. And how I don't know how you say half of it with a straight face. Admasium right. tendrils for game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, and, uh, Rob Dead draws the arbiter of Knoll Ridge. what that sounds sounds like something that'd probably be a dead draw were any of those real things yeah Uh, some of them were yeah Edric spy master of trust there we go (laughs) I have a whole deck themed on that guy (laughs) Edric spy master of trust (laughs) yes I do yeah Uh, it's a bunch of little tiny creatures uh, that attack and I get to draw extra cards Um, so it's about overwhelming the opponents with little tiny it's like being killed by a flock of mosquitoes really it's uh, pretty cool uh yeah 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 the 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 live broadcast you know there are people it's a very uh complicated game and uh it's very rich complex strategy and there are people who take it very very seriously um i'm more of the kind of let loose and and uh you know joke about like the flavor of it type of a guy and our web series walking the planes um, very much, uh, you know, is on the lighter side, more humorous. And I do a little play by play at the end where uh, we describe what happened in the championship rounds. Uh, And I try to, I try to make that a little uh, play with the the card art and and card names uh, to to make it a little sillier. So, <laughs> well, that's cool, man. And I I did I will say I I enjoyed your uh, I enjoyed your documentary. It was oh, uh, thank you. It was an interesting uh, sixty seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. No, it was yeah, it was it was, cool. it, was, it, was very, it was very well done. Even um, if if somebody didn't know much of anything about magic going into it or didn't care cool, cool. That, that was like it's presented you guys are in a way really that makes it digestible yeah you, you guys are in a really important target demographic for us um because like we figured that magic players would like it um and then what we were hoping is that just gamers who, or who are curious about magic would want to watch it and uh and if they would enjoy it uh and so if i'm hearing you guys right then i mean this is this is a very important demographic for us and and uh it feels good that that you guys maybe you know came in not knowing a whole lot about the game but could still follow the movie and uh felt like you could follow the story and learn a little bit more about magic i, I think uh, what impressed cool. what impressed me about about the the documentary was uh First of all, anything that has a Hall of Fame, mm. if you're a Hall of Fame of something, I mean, that's yeah, I, I'm not in the Hall of Fame of fucking anything. <laughs> so if you're in the Hall of Fame of magic, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would almost think that that 
uh, maybe they should uh, look at a different way to induct people into the Hall of Fame if there's people that deserve it that aren't in it. But yeah, maybe as a different car, uh, talk altogether. Yeah. Um, but then any anything that allows you to be immersed in it that strategically or that uh, that that much uh, is, is actually that's really cool to me. So and I didn't know that about magic. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said, uh, you know, the, these pro players, uh, you know, who we fall and enter the battlefield, they're very serious. They, it, it's a it's like a it's a very complex uh, game. And often the people at the top tables, these people are like frigging geniuses. Uh, like they, you know, they go on to become like successful hedge fan, hedge fund managers or, uh, you know, odds makers for uh, casinos or, um, you know, some of them became poker millionaires um because the you know they, they they can really grind the numbers uh and uh you know keep their composure at a card table uh control their body language control the flow of information um it, it takes a lot of skill uh to do what they're able to do and so the hall of fame is like a recognition recognition of their accomplishments and uh I'm I'm now on the voting uh, committee for the Hall of Fame, and so nice. it's like a it's like a huge responsibility. Yeah, I did it last year for the first time, and and uh, uh, it was in. I Chris needs like three more pro points to become eligible. He needs to do better and like just like he needs to do really well in like one more tournament. So since the movie is saying, I hope he gets sent. Well, yeah, I think he will eventually. I well, think he will. See, that's my thing is that um, I guess my harp on the whole process is it seems to come all down to points and how you do in tournaments. Right. And that's and that's great. But if you've right. got a guy like Chris who was influential to the game, oh, that yeah. should count for the makeup of those points he doesn't have. I mean, like uh, me, like I have no points, but if I created the game, I should be in the fucking Hall of Fame of the game. Right. So right. so if, if he was as influential as he was during that time where he kind of was like the union of the like the players union rep. Right. right. Um, that should count for something, shouldn't it? It should. And I agree. And that has been there's like a there's like a vicious debate about Chris's candidacy. In some ways, he's the poster boy for the fulcrum, I guess guess for lack of a better term of community contribution versus uh performance in tournament halls uh and you know usually the hall of famers do both uh but some of them tend to be more heavily slanted toward one end or the other um and uh, like some of them are just like have incredible tournament results uh but don't really do a whole lot more than just show up and dominate and they'll usually get into the hall pretty easily. Um, but then because community contribution is a much more subjective debate and uh, it's more political uh, and less kind of like in black and white, uh, people don't trust the metrics, so to speak, as much. And it becomes an area for debate. And so I think... Um, Chris, Chris, I, I would be shocked if he didn't get in the next time he was eligible, given uh, how much 
the, you know, his heartbreak on two different votes coming so close and not getting in has just created so much conversation that I'm, I, I would guess that the voting committee uh, could, you know, at least make up for the five votes or something that he missed by. <laughs> I, I would. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, is, is Shahar Shenhar a first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, now, Shahar is another curious case. I wouldn't say he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer uh, because he is the very weird circumstance of having dominated the world championship twice, but not having elite level success at the normal pro tours. Um, he's had very, very, very good success there, uh, but he hasn't top aided. He hasn't won a pro tour. Um, so, but he's still elite level, but like, you know, like kind of somewhere in the 15 to 25 range, uh, for like the more normal tournaments that happen four times a year. But then does that mean that, you know, the fact that he saved his best for when it counted the most, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough um, it's a tough thing. I think that some of the older players who had like old school standards about consistency being the n- number one thing, um, you know, they might keep him out of the Hall of Fame. I would probably vote for Shahar if given the chance. Uh, he's not going to be eligible for a few more years. Maybe he'll get a couple more results that'll tip him over. Uh, but I certainly am more into the idea in the Hall of Fame being a place where just the most influential players uh, should go, not necessarily the people with just the highest batting average. I can agree with that entirely. Fair enough. That's- Good answer. answer. Well, uh, an answer you've thought out before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to think, just because I'm on this committee, I have to, I, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think about it probably uh, more than I should. Uh, <laughs> so it's a great way to kill time on the internet if you want to like scour statistics of your favorite nerd sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wrap up every show with uh, Geek Weekly, which is where we talk about what. We've been geeking on this week, believe it or not. Sounds great. And I can, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. I can either start with you or end with you. Um, let's start with me. All uh, right. Just because I already have it on the, in the tip of my tongue and then I can sit back and chill. Um, so for me, it's, uh, I'm basically a huge geek for two things. One is magic and the other is basketball. Uh, so I'm a huge, uh, like sports nerd. Uh, I know some people think that's a oxymoron, uh, but believe you me, it is possible to geek out over a sport. Um, and it's like playoff time, NBA finals time. Uh, the best players are playing and I pretty much, obsess over it. Uh, I procrastinate on work by watching videos, uh, reading articles, listening to podcasts. And, uh, then I go out to the court exercise. I play, I play ball, uh, here in North Philadelphia (laughs) word up, um, find me in the streets of Mount Airy, yeah, Mount Airy playground, also Finley playground. Uh, so come on out and ball with me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what I've been geeking out on, uh, in addition to magic. So I'll kick it to the next bro. Get it. Nick, that'd be me. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I can concur. I'm, I, I'll geek out on watching Steph Curry get his comeuppance in the next week. Um, <laughs> it's getting juicy. Yeah, he can he can give Clay Thompson a reach around for making him relevant <laughs> well, for the next week. Yeah, well, if it wasn't for his forty in Game Six, we wouldn't right. be talking about. There you go. God, I hate the Warriors. So, <laughs> but I equally hopefully. hate Cleveland. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully, Cavs in six. But all right, uh, all right. Aside from that, I'm on a uh, I'm on a little bit of a Led Zeppelin kick this week. Nice. I have um, been trying to indoctrinate my two youngest into some better class of music than what they get at school and on the radio. And uh, I've I've really, really enjoyed them as telling me, hey, daddy, uh, play the one with the cool drum part. And they are requesting over the hills and far away, nice. to which they know the words and are air guitaring and air drumming to it. And that Good makes parenting. me happy. So Good that's parenting, where I'm Nick. Thank, thank you. It's 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 good times. Uh, Joe, how about you, man? What have you been geeking on? Uh, I have been geeking on a couple of things. I'm still on my my Star Trek nice. uh, grind, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> working working through the original series, which is great. Uh, and then I also am finally uh, going back to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I I'm. On my first read through, uh, which is still really, really good. So it's excellent. It's very um, digressatory. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's, it digresses almost as much as like the, uh, the opening parts of chapters from The Princess Bride. Oh, old. Yeah. Well, because it actually has excerpts from the actual encyclopedia. So <laughs> it's true. Pushes glasses up and points well, to Rob. Uh, I'm not going to lie. After uh, this discussion and having watched this documentary, I really, really want to start playing Magic again. Um, God, I, I haven't played it in like a year or two. No, it's probably been like a year or so now. So, but uh, anyway, uh, I've been geeking on. I went to a music festival on Sunday. I closed out summer camp. And uh, that was a hell of a fucking experience. Uh, I got to listen to uh, Tom Petty play with Mud Crunch, uh, Mud Crutch, uh, rather, uh, George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic, uh, Big Rismatic, uh, um, uh, Flying Lotus, the, um, let's see, who else? The Main Squeeze, just tons and tons of incredibly, incredibly talented artists. Uh, I listened to more funk and bluegrass than I think I've ever listened to in my whole life, and it was. Uh, just a fucking incredible time. Uh, so really, really good. Nice. Uh, how many drugs did you do? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It was a fantastic time. I mean, enough just music to get an affirmative yeah. and not enough to get fired from my job. <laughs> there you Ryan with my boss. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, two things. I'm I'm copying Nick's do review, and I'm doing a twofer this week. Uh, there is a new podcast I found that is pretty damn cool. Short and sweet episodes. Um, it is called Imaginary Worlds by Eric Malinsky. Um, looks to be about there's 44 episodes. Uh, and I just a quick look here. The longest one is like 24 minutes long. 27 minutes long. 
Um, it's uh, it's really cool. It talks of uh, the, the last episode I listened to was about um, uh, Muppeteering, which was neat. Uh, and then I have been listening to a fuck ton of Nathaniel Rateliff right. and the Night Sweats. And and if you, I had those once, if you haven't, times. if you haven't listened to them, uh, uh, you should because they are fucking rocking. So are they on Spotify? They are on Spotify. Yes, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. They they are. I have no idea how to spell any of that, so just put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are my two. Those are my. uh, That's what I'm geeking on this week. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. So uh, Nathan, uh, you're now you're now a friend of the show, having been on the show. So yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on. Anything we can do for you, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I'll check back and uh, yeah, or if you want to send me the link uh, or whatever when it comes out, definitely. All right. Thanks, guys. Where uh, where, uh, where can our listeners um, find you you. and and or your products? Uh, All right. So you can find me on Twitter. It's at Walk the Plains. You can go to Enter the Battlefield's Facebook page. um, Or you can go to Magic the Gathering's YouTube channel and see our web series playlist, Walking the Plains. Uh, So... Please check out those outlets and holler at me. Hey, and, uh, and, and we highly recommend uh, giving into the battlefield a shot on Netflix or Amazon or whatever your media is of choice. It's a, uh, it's worth an hour of your time. You will learn something and uh, who knows, you might even become a magic player yourself. So check awesome. it out. thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. It's been fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah, take care. Later brother. Cheers. It was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. You were so yeah, aggro. Well, You're such you, a power you know bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much more to say. Why didn't you? You sh- should have pulled a plug. What? Huh? Pulled the cord. Pulled the cord. No, no, no. It we went in a different direction. I had thoughts. For another, For another time. time. And not the kind of thoughts you're thinking more on the nature of the fine line between immersion and obsession and the nature of the dark side and good side of competition. You might, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't what you're thinking. That would have been I actually really interesting. Why the fuck didn't you say anything? So. <laughs> Cause I would have enjoyed talking um, about I, that. I, the, the moment, the, the momentum went, went just very, very fun, funny, positive right away. I didn't want to kind of bring it back around. Okay. There was a need to do so, but um, I think you could have a, a deeper and more layered conversation from an elevated position about not, not just particularly magic, but about games. a lot of the uh, social themes and and some some trends and a few other things that were a byproduct of that documentary that I found. Um, okay. That I found interesting. So, like the fact that my man Owen seems to yeah, do nothing else a, a, a but play like, magic. A lot like that. Like that's to kind of like his family is worried about him. Yeah. Well, I, I, one of the themes, and again, it's not. I'm not picking on magic or anything, but the overuse of the misnomer of the word pro, and I'm not, and just in general in society now, um, that that term is, is thrown around in the wrong sense. I think way too often. 
and it's just something I would talk more about. I think it, it the the word itself can can play some mental tricks on folks um, for good and bad. Fair enough. So valid. But anyway, yeah, perhaps another time. Uh, another show. I, and and I now that. I very much enjoyed our guest, but I would make fun of that Patrick Chapin goon for a good hour (laughs) (laughs) and not feel the least bit guilty about it. Really good looking girlfriend wife though. Mm -hmm. You weren't wrong. I felt for a guy who, for a guy who eats, for a guy who eats more fried chicken than (laughs) Colonel Sanders. That is true. How does he keep that complexion? One would wonder effort god there's so many things i want to do something to do with hyperthyroidism probably <laughs> and i was thinking i'm pretty sure i ate like eight thousand calories as a kid but i wasn't twig thin i think ryan did too but mm-hmm. i guess it cuts both ways actually i was i was looking at my son the other day and he's like like he if there's a kid who needs like a milkshake and a dagwood sandwich it's macklin <laughs> you can see he's like, not he's not the rail skinny you can see every single bone and sinew of muscle fiber through his skin he's a six-year-old right boy. i know but when i was but i started i said something like that and my mom was like just so you know like and you were like seven and you looked just like that and then you turned eight and you were like 115 pounds <laughs> and you didn't grow taller so Good to know it's not just me. <laughs> it's because you and JK were eating like packages of hot dogs dipped in butter or some nonsense. <laughs> we did eat a lot of food. Which, I ate a dozen eggs one morning. Damn. <laughs> well, you were you were training for something. Tough I, we, I was. <laughs> it wasn't a. It wasn't a tough mutter. I think we were oh. training. I think we were training for the for Magic that. Pro Tour. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were training for Terminator Two. You were on the non- Illinois that night. Thyroid Magic the Gathering diet. It just backfired like crazy. <laughs> the non hyperthyroid Magic the Gathering diet. Write <laughs> that down. <laughs> it's a lot of soft pretzels. Right. Like, there's a lot of money there, I think, for that diet. <laughs> it's like it's reverse Atkins, but also Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you don't you eat a lot of protein, uh, but then you and also, also a ton of carbs, and also a lot of carbs. It's you, called <laughs> reverse Atkins Atkins. You carb up like you're riding a Tour de France leg the next day <laughs> and also Atkins. <laughs> awesome. Uh, on that note, for the for the plugs. <laughs> there's probably some plugs. They're, the plugs. They're coming now. And some, and some microwave fried If you like what we do and want even more of it, support the show at patreon.com. Patreon is a website that allows listeners like you to support your favorite artists, musicians, and high functioning creatives. So head on over to Patreon and search GeekCast Live today. If you have listened to the show before, you are most likely familiar with the guys from Wayward Raven. And if you haven't listened to the show, you're going to have to just trust me on this one. These guys are the best and have some kick-ass wares over at waywardraven.com. So head over there and check them out. Use our discount code NECKBEARD and save yourself some dollar bills. If you like what we do or you want to harass us, be sure to check us out on Twitter at GeekCast Live, GeekCast Rye, GeekCast Bass, GeekCast Joe, and GeekCast Nick. If you want to check out our podcast, be sure to go to gcl.ninja. 
want to check our Facebook out and interact with us, GeekCast Live is what you got to search for. And be sure to check us out on iTunes. Give us five stars live if you have to. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is GCR. This week's bit of bass is Neil Young and Crazy Horse and Like a Hurricane. slips